Hi, this is Billy Campbell from Sci-Fi's Helix, and you are listening to Genretainment. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Genretainment over here at SciFiPulseRadio.com. We're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. Genretainment is where we talk about what's happening in the world of film, TV, and web series. We give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. Now, for this episode, we are speaking with Gabe Michael, the founder of Forge Apollo. We talked to him about Forge Apollo's new sci-fi series, Ambient, their science series, Technium, and their football talk show, Blitzed. Plus, some other upcoming projects, like Cubicle Zombies. <laughs> uh, also, Michael gives us some great tips for web series creators. And don't forget about the goats or the judgmental smart cars. <laughs> of course, how could I forget that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thing I do want to mention is that we record this interview the week before we went to Las Vegas to attend the International Academy of Web Television Awards. Mm-hmm. I had the honor to present the award for Best of Writing Nonfiction uh, with my co-presenter, talented actress Lindsay Middleton from the series Out With Dad. Or Oat With Dad. It's Canadian. <laughs> we didn't get that joke. Gosh. Oat With Dad. <laughs> You'll hear us talk about that upcoming award show, at least the upcoming at the time of that recording. Yeah. Past ir- now. Yeah. Try to keep track. And ironically... It's like time travel. It's like 12 Monkeys in oh, a radio yes. show. Okay. And ironically, I, I actually got to present him the award for his show, Technium. Now, we scheduled the interview well before I knew that he was going to win that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really fun to meet him in person that way after recording the interview. Yes, it was. So congrats to him and Forge Apollo. Now, before we start the interview, we do want to point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality on Demand. It was a song composed and performed by our friend T. Sean Hardy. And you can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. Now let's get started with our interview with Gabe Michael. Technology. What at first was an attempt to control and adapt to our environment became humanity's great connector. A thriving network of thought, connectivity, knowledge, and wonder. Part of our evolution. But what if someone took that force and changed it in its code? The processing power of a global network set out to destroy us all. Well, hi, Gabe. Welcome back to Genretainment. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me back. Now, we first spoke to you, I guess, as Forge Apollo was pretty much starting, as the yeah. channel was starting. I mean, you've grown a lot since then. You have lots of new shows. Um, speaking of which, one of the main ones, it's a brand new show that we wanted to talk about, is your new scripted series, Ambient. Tell our listeners about that show. Ambient has been our uh, labor of love for the last two years. I think we uh, actually just shot it after the first time we appeared on your show, um, or we were prepping to shoot it. And it's a series about a ragtag group of hackers that fight against this computer virus that has figured out a way to take over and and kill most of the people um, in the world. So definitely a sci-fi thriller. Mm -hmm. Kind of like emits the sound, right, and kills people? Yeah, so the the virus is is kind of figured out how to hack all the global networks, and through all our electronic devices, it has found a way to tap into a frequency that can kill humans. So basically, the only way is if if you happen to be living off the grid in the middle of nowhere, you're safe. Otherwise, you're out of luck, huh? That's right. Or, you know, unless you have noise-canceling headphones nearby, but, Mm. you know, who who does? (laughs) Well, we might see the sales spike now. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So uh, how many episodes are there? Uh, So there's five chapters, so five episodes, and we we first started Ambient as it was a a film. And 
for budgetary reasons and just because we like the format more, we wanted to chop it up and make it into a uh, 35 minute uh, series. So we actually have the full complete run of um, all five chapters on our uh, Vimeo page that you can go in and either own, rent, or we can just send you a copy if you're a fan. We're not necessarily in it for the, the money on it. And I haven't watched every episode yet. I haven't watched the ending yet. So will there is this going to be a standalone or will there be more seasons? As of now, we did it as a standalone, but of course we left it open for more. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, uh, you always have to leave that extra little element there. And we're going to just see how it does. The The reception was, was really well the first couple weeks when we put it out. Uh, we got a, a lot of views across all the different episodes, and um, we're just going to kind of see what the traction's like and, you know, what, what the, the people say. And we're thinking that we may want to go back and just use kind of the same characters and just slowly create Chapter 6, Chapter 7, or we could just do a, you know, a whole full new season and dump it like we did uh, um, this last time. And is that what you did? You did it like a binge release, like um, kind of like uh, like what Netflix does, yeah. where just a whole season was yeah. Yeah, we figured, you know, we're going to be telling all of our friends about it and, you know, our, our growing audience that we have. So we figured if we have there once, we should be able to just, and they and they happen to like chapter one, they should be able and ready to watch chapter two right then and there. And then we said, well, if they're going to watch chapter two. They might as well be able to watch chapter three and, and so on. So, um, you know, the, the, the medium's evolving, as, as you know, and uh, we're just trying different things depending on the different shows and different marketing techniques and um, just trying to really find different ways to find the audience that we're looking for. So you're doing different uh, ways of releasing the different shows then? Yeah, d- different ways of releasing sh- uh, the different shows. Like we have our show Technium, which actually we'll, we'll be at the IAW TV Awards with um, in, a, in a couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one is a weekly series, and we've done about six episodes so far of that. We brought Lana McKissick, who's a awesome YouTuber, and she's our host on the show. And so for that one, it was uh, we, we shot them all around the same time. But we did start releasing them uh, weekly, and then it turned into bi-weekly after that. And we we just kind of experimenting with the format and seeing what works best for uh, you know for viewership. Great, that's a good idea. I do want to talk a little bit more about that show in, in a minute here, but before we do that, with Ambient, can you tell us a little bit more about like interesting concept, interesting twist mm-hmm. um, on the I guess the Skynet kind of concept <laughs> in a way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that concept come from? Ryan, as you remember, he was on the show last time, uh, mm-hmm. my, my business partner. Uh, him and I actually, this was our first thing that we did at, uh, before we even had Forge Apollo. We started working on this story. And before we actually got our uh, investment to create our, our company, this was just a script that we've been working on. Uh, we partnered up with an awesome writer named Rob Katecki that went to uh, grad school at UCLA with me. And it was one of those labors of love things we worked over course of a couple years and try to get some financing for it uh, as as a feature film um and then once we started forge apollo and really were focused on the digital series and the digital side of things we said let's just take this thing that we've been working on and kind of turn it into um uh what it is now i think you first started with like little short short films right yeah we started with uh we were gonna do kind of the model of um what black box tv was doing at the time which was uh, just short kind of vignettes, short films, like all based around the theme. So ours was like sci- science fiction, which we love. And we're still con- going to continue to make these types of, of shorts. But it's we were trying to do it on a weekly basis. And we 
learned soon after talking to you guys that it's very hard to make quality products <laughs> that fast with that fast of turnaround while still trying to make money <laughs> and yeah. live your life. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a challenge. No, it I just definitely got a is. Flash. It was like a joke about a goat being in there. It was. It was. Right. Because did you ever put in a goat? I never saw a goat. <laughs> we, uh, we didn't. We there's a moose in one episode, but, <laughs> yeah, but I, we, did, I we never quite goat. got the goat. <laughs> uh, I do remember I the goat. <laughs> I think that we'll was still... from the two minutes of goats yelling like humans, which I say to this day is still the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I and I still agree. Um, <laughs> and you know, at, at the time, our our whole our goal was to be able to take take just general concepts or ideas of of uh, what our fans have and kind of just turn those into stories that we kind of, so like basically sourcing ideas or just one small thing from a, sor- a story and then we kind of just take it and run with it. And we so, we did do that and we, we have a couple of those for uh, a couple of our shorts and um, it was just doing that and Ambient and Technium and we, uh, we had we had a lot on our plate, so we're okay, gonna still well, make those. And yeah, goat. the goat is still a possibility. Okay, now it's a goat, a rabbit, and a cat. So, oh, now it's growing! Yeah, wow, a goat, wow. a rabbit, and a cat. This, uh, this sounds like a bad joke. <laughs> well, minus the goat, we've got the others started in our household already. So, <laughs> and it's well, a source perfect. of entertainment. I might, I might, I might just send you guys a goat and just see. <laughs> it'll, 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 be one of those long-running uh, jokes. Well, I wonder how the goat would like it in our house. <laughs> Let's talk a little more about Ambient, about the cast. Yeah. Who are the main cast of characters and actors who play them? Quiz time. <laughs> so we actually got a really nice... <laughs> their middle initials. I, I do remember. I, I, yes. And date of birth. Uh, where they're from. So the... Starring it is Ryan Holloway, my partner, who actually couldn't be here today. So uh, he said to say hello and that he misses you and that he'll get a goat for you. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, the beautiful Allegra Lucchesi. We have uh, we have actually uh, Tim Colseri. I don't know if you guys were able to catch that. He is in Full Metal Jacket. He's the, the guy that has the famous line that get some, get some, um, ain't war hell. And he plays uh, General Weston in the film, or in in the series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he he's the one that kind of, as you'll see, has something bad happen to him in episode four. We also have uh, Jared Duplace, who is was in the hard times of J.R. Berger and has just been in a, a ton of other um, series and and movies. I think believe he was in Transformers too as well. And Caleb Rumier as well, who's in um, Finding Carter. Now, uh, we this is one of his, I believe, one of his first projects that he did moving out to Los Angeles. And then right after that, he got on a uh, MTV TV show. Great. That's cool. So we're, we're, we're very happy for him. He's a very nice guy. And it was it was a great time just, um, you know, working on it. We, we did have a lot of uh, secondary and background characters throughout the series. And it was just for me, it was managing and running, you know, very large scenes, nine or ten people scenes at times. And it was it was difficult and overwhelming at <laughs> at certain points, but um, the cast kind of stuck together and all really got along. We didn't have any problems, and everybody turned out to be um, um, pretty good actors. What was one of the most challenging things you faced working on this show? Um, well, we shot it over about 10 days, and it, the, one of the most challenging things was 
there was a rap video being shot at the same location as Ambient. And if you've seen the series, you know it's there's supposed to be um, uh, no ambient noise. And <laughs> so it was very difficult uh, uh, shooting around these guys. Uh, they weren't really helping us out in any sense. But um, we, we kind of got through it. Actually, our days weren't weren't that long. They were pretty standard days when we were shooting. But another <laughs> another big challenge was we on our last couple days we mistold some of the actors what time their arrival times and the times that they were leaving. And they had one of them actually was working on two shows on the same day, and we we're out in Simi Valley. And so we had to actually cut um, about three or four scenes that were supposed to be in episode oh. five. Yeah, so they were. Very important, uh, not that important to the story enough that like we didn't, like we didn't necessarily have, the to have them, but the ending. it was the ending. <laughs> it was the you end. Know, we just don't was, have an end. Yeah. They decided that goats we just, could, could destroy could destroy Thank the you. virus. That's what you need. You just eat goats. That's right. Because they'll eat right. anything. We just, we just cut to about forty seconds of black at the end, and just <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we let the la- imagination. Takeover. I'm just trying to imagine <laughs> how hard it would be to avoid any ambient noise in general in LA. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> the it traffic be, I hum mean, alone. I, <laughs> I still remember. Yes. I still remember uh, one of those asylum movies, um, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies or whatever. Uh, yeah. How there's like you, <gasps> yeah. can, you can hear oh. you can hear an ambulance. Like in the background. Uh, and a plane. <laughs> At one point, there was yep. a plane, and it was supposed to be, you know, during the Civil War, and there was an airplane in the air, and <laughs> it was yep. hilarious. And, and he, Mark's was like, did I, you I hear that a... ambulance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in one, like, Clint Eastwood movie, he's wearing a watch that they, they only had, like, timepieces. There's, all, you know, this was the first thing that I had to do that I really had to worry about. The, these things of like, oh, real life can't actually just come in here, and you know, for the budget that we that we had, it was very difficult to make this this type of like big world that we we have kind of created um, in this army bunker, which is really just a big warehouse. Right outside of that was a train track, which <laughs> when we found the location, we saw, but we're told that that track it doesn't run anymore so we said okay great and then of course it comes to shooting and every six minutes on the dot the train comes through Uh, so you have to imagine episode four when the whole reveal about what the virus actually is kind of comes out it's one of the most important things of the whole series during this big scene we just had to cut you know right when the actors were getting into it you hear train come through and it's just Listening to all the the uh, the raw footage, it's just you hear everybody scream or, or go in uproar right when something was just going so well. And train, yeah. <laughs> Our poor sound guy Kyle just uh, just really was was pretty much done at the end of that one. <laughs> yeah, I was filming something one time, and it was every 15 minutes. It was a big uh, church clock that would like chime. Do, do, do. Oh no! And then when it would get to the hour, it did a whole song. Do, do, do. And it like oh, did this like first verse of some hymn or whatever, and it just went on. And I mean, you know, so everything was in fifteen minute intervals for the you know the whole time we filmed. 
Yep. Was, uh, it's... 15 minutes is much better than six. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Uh, eventually, you get into a groove about yeah. when you're about 45 minutes, an hour behind, you kind of figure it out with everybody and it kind of becomes part of it. It becomes yeah. part of the scene. You know, it's like there everybody's waiting for this thing. So it adds a little bit to it, you know? <laughs> At least that's what I'm saying. It lights a fire <laughs> under you. That's what it does. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you did mention Technium. Yeah. You love science shows and talk about science. Um, because we're geeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an entertaining and educational show. It's edutainment. Yes. So how's that show first conceived? How'd you go from, you know, doing those shorts to starting to do shows like Technium? Well, before we actually started Forge Apollo, I worked at uh, Break Media, which is now Defy Media. And I produced a show called uh, Man at Arms Mm -hmm. for the first round of it. And I kind of helped um, the director kind of like shape it. And and I just really liked the concept. And in that show, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, a blacksmith who creates weapons for like basically all the movies in Hollywood. Like yeah. he's, he's, he's been the guy. I've seen and then that. He, you've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, for those of you who has it, he creates weapons for, for all of Hollywood movies. But then we, we have viewers kind of chime in of what they want to see him make throughout, like, you know, anything that's in, in all of, all of movie history. So he's making Raphael size, Jamie Lannister sword and, you know, uh, this adventure time sword. So it's really cool to see that and kind of go and, so Ryan and I actually, not too long after we were on your show the first time, like we should do a version of that, uh, but sci-fi. And we're like, well, how do we go about doing that? So we just were like, well, it's always cool to see sci-fi concepts uh, and then how close we are to actually attaining those. So that kind of, you know, the show after we were like, well, that's it. That's the entire show. So we uh, we went and we looked to find a host and we finally met with uh, Lana McKissick and she was just a wonderful person and just perfect for the show. And, you know, we just kind of looked to see who was what companies were close by that were developing concepts that we thought were, were really interesting. And we kind of just worked backwards. We said, well, okay, cool. We have these guys that are here in LA that are developing this hand that has, uh, that can actually feel. And so we said, what's, you know, what kind of concept like that is in, um, in our sci-fi movies. And it's obviously, there's a ton of, of cyborgs and robotic hands, but Luke Skywalker is mm-hmm. the first one that kind of comes to mind for me anyway. Yes. And and we did that on a couple of other episodes as well, like Bionic Eyes. We did Hoverboard, so Mar- Marty McFly's Hoverboard. Mm-hmm. How, how close were we to creating that? And um, this is, has been uh, definitely our, our most acclaimed show, I guess you can say. So far, we've won Best New Series at Synopsis Digital last year, and then we're up for Best Writing in the Series for um, the IWTV Awards this year as well. Yay! Great. So what was one of your favorites? One of my favorites... Was actually uh, this episode that was about the uh, the technology behind the movie Her. So, like, can a electronic device or uh, artificial intelligence like sense your emotion? And we got we went to this really cool uh, facility down in um, San Diego, and this company called Emotion, and they have the software, and basically you can use just any kind of like Logitech software for the teleconferencing. And if you put their software in it, it can just look at your face and sense your emotion at any point. So what they do is like they they run these for like ads and movies to like see out at what point of your watching something 
like what is your emotion just based on your face and it's it's really a lot more technical than just like having a, a frowny face or you know like a really big smile because what i learned is every little intricacy of your facial movement so and they're they're trying to take that technology and, and put it towards not just for entertainment purposes and for like you know executives to see when a movie works and when it doesn't but for broader technologies as well which i thought was uh, pretty fascinating okay i'm sorry that's just creepy it is a little <laughs> bit if you if you think about it if the uh the camera on your um on your the red light that you run can also tell that you're irritated or <laughs> that yeah, you're moody. If, if like it's that. doing that to me, I can promise you if I know it's scanning me, I will always look irritated at that thing. <laughs> I do right. not need that in my life. I am not a tech person. I don't like it. <laughs> you just look at it. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's right. I just look That's at right. it and be like, if it, look, artificial intelligence, if you're looking at me, I'm going to be irritated. So just know it. I'm going to be peeved. Yeah, That's pretty right. much. If I know you're looking at me and judging me and trying to figure me out, I'm irritated. That's just all you need to know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. That's just creepy. Is there a, a concept that you were thinking about doing but you couldn't, something you were too big to be able to tackle yet? Well, we are we're working with um, some companies right now to try and see if there's like any way they can bring on their their full technologies and and kind of sponsor the show. Mm-hmm. We're we're kind of getting pretty far with it, which is great. But there, you know, there's a lot of places like NASA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and uh, Tesla and a lot of these motor cars now. Uh, you've probably seen at some of the trade shows are like self parking cars. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some really cool stuff out there, and we're you know, we're in and we have the access to do it. We're just trying to find the right time because sometimes these technologies are overseas or in New York and uh, we just have to find a way to make that budget kind of work for us to get there. So along with our our other work, it kind of makes it a little, puts a little uh, extra challenge uh, in the mix for us when when it comes to that. (laughs) Yeah, Marks and I are split on the self-parking and self-driving cars. I'm going to predict it in 10 years, our cars will drive us, and they will uh, also judge us. Yes. No, this is terrible. Okay, self-driving, because, self-judging because of, cars. Yes. Because of GPS, people have already forgotten how to read maps. We do not need people to freaking learn, forget how to drive and park their cars. You know, I mean, at some point, we're going to be just slugs hooked up to a computer, and everything's going to be done for us, and that is just sad. <laughs> That's right. That could be another episode of Technium. It'll be a Wally episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, not a fan. That's right. <laughs> and I like a car that feels like a car when you drive it. You know, it's, you can feel the engine. <laughs> I like it. I, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See, it's not just yeah. me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I mean, automatic is probably too much for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I drive automatic, but I, 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 there was a point in time, I, I used to know how to drive a stick shift, but it's been so long, I'd have a learning curve again, but, mm-hmm. but I learned right. how to, I learned how to drive on a half ton farm pickup truck that was a stick shift and the clutch was, and I was, you know, 14 and pretty, I was small at 14. So it was such a hard clutch. I had to stand up to shove all my weight down on the clutch to get it down. <laughs> I I almost had to stand most of the time to drive this truck just to be able to drive it. (laughs) And if you can learn to drive on that, you can drive anything. 
That's that sounds about right. My grandpa <laughs> taught me, and I was very grateful. <laughs> well, on my first car, my my high school friends got me the uh, the bus wheel that sticks out because I didn't have any uh, automatic uh, steering, so I had to like really crank the whole thing, and so it became the joke of the school. And they got me the bus wheel, so I had it on on there so I could crank it. And, oh, that's awesome! Go, that yeah. is when the power steering goes. Power steering, it right. is so hard. Yeah, yep. I had a car that. It, it lost power steering when I turned left, but not right. So I found myself, <laughs> instead of making a left turn, just making a series of right-hand turns. Three, three right turns, so, right? So that I could turn left. <laughs> so, you know, I look like a moron going through parking lots, but I was only doing right turns. <laughs> hey, you you were doing you. You were doing what's right for you. Yeah, I mean, it, this car, it was, you had to like, it was automatic, but you had to keep slipping it in and out of gear. And I would have to like fill the oil and check the gas. And I had to carry a wrench with me because I knew exactly what to wiggle. So I could jump out while my car was still in the street, jump out, pop the hood, wiggle something, get back in and, and crank it and, and get going again. So it was, uh, it was... <laughs> You know, it was a car I wished someone would steal, but even if they had, they'd get half a block. <laughs> That's right. Everybody well, has those cars. Well, now if that happened, the car would just drive back to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'd be like, no, go away. <laughs> I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to abandon you. It's Why like, are you disappointed, Julie? It's like, a, <laughs> it's like a, a duckling or a gosling that's imprinted on you. <laughs> that's that's right. Oh, then I'd feel bad. <laughs> oh, you don't have to feel bad about your car. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they don't give them too much of a personality. They'll do that to guilt you. That's what will happen. That's right. That's, you just can't name your car. Your yeah, future car, anyway. Yeah, I name all of them. Old old ones you can, but yeah, not, old not ones have names. Ones. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> these new ones are are soulless, yeah. <laughs> like the people who create them. No, sorry. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just sorry, Skynet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it's you know, then they'll, they'll well. turn into uh, they'll hack a, a frequency and kill you through your cell phone, Thank you. like they do in Ambient. There I'm you go. <laughs> all I'm, comes for a circle. I'm looking out for our listeners. Is there what we I go. Do. That's right. I think so if you start hearing a hum and your head starts to hurt from this, uh, just <laughs> that might just run away. Be the sound of my voice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a really good time for Technium because there's so many breakthroughs yeah. happening in technology, like those uh, those walking dog things, Amazon drone delivery. Yep. That, uh, I saw something recently with college students who had figured out like a certain audio blast like a, a base to put out, a, put out a fire you know oh and don't forget yeah. the little that like the hands made with the 3d printers for yep. people who are missing yeah. a hand yeah. it really is like um this is the most advancement in technology that humans have seen all at once since the industrial revolution really i think Seems yeah. like it. It, you no, know it's, it's, it's like a second industrial revolution and uh so you know just imagine it is, what, and it's, what a it's change ease of is. access, and I mean, yeah. just look at you know the difference between technology last year and this year. And um, I don't know if you know, but that's what the the word uh, technium actually means. Kevin Kelly, he was a uh, editor at, of Wired at one point, uh, and he's a futurist, and he kind of coined the term. And it essentially means evolving technology evolving alongside humanity. So the technium is like the spectrum of evolution of technology. So that's kind of I'm a big fan of his, and it inspired me to to name the show after that, yeah. um, because we want to see that because it's not really fantasy anymore. No. Any of this stuff, it's it's very real and very true. And the fact that 
you know, in the next 20 years, we'll have a colony on Mars is, and I believe it could even happen sooner than that. Wow. Um, you know, and privatizing space, it's, it's a, it's an awesome time to be alive. We just, just we may be, we, yeah, we may be in the middle of like the, you know, being the last humans. We didn't even have internet <laughs> when we were growing up. No, I know. <laughs> And they'll get immortality right after we die. It'll be great. That, that's right. <laughs> We're the lost generation. We're the lost gap. I'm, I'm sorry. Immortality sounds like a really bad idea. <laughs> I agree. I agree. We have two, We have like twice as many humans alive as our planet can support right now. But only one Highlander. Yeah. No, there can be only one. That's right. <laughs> now I know that song in my head. I like it. <laughs> All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, we're not usually big sports people, except nope. occasionally MMA. Yes, we, we arts, do like. like to catch our, our UFC fights. Uh, but we enjoyed, uh, you know, Love watching. Yeah. Yes. We enjoyed uh, watching Blitzed. Um, so yeah, we, it, it, we didn't understand all of it. went completely over my head most of the time. <laughs> but, yeah, like. We, we got a lot of the jokes. We got a lot of the jokes. Yeah. It was fast-paced, had good hosts. And, I mean, you could tell it was a very well-done show. Yeah. Well, thank you. We uh, we love our uh, our partners at Blitz. They they're actually up for IATV award as well. They're up for um, uh, best director with uh, Aaron McLean. Mm. So we're we're really excited. You you guys could potentially meet them there as well. When we go, we'll have to have to have a drink together. Yeah. So that show is is one that we they season one they started on their own channel, and I've known uh, the creators of the show for I think over two years now, and. Um, we just decided to partner up together on on season two, and it was it was a great time working with those guys. It was a really really fun show. The crew is just amazing and really hardworking to do that every week yeah. was really really difficult for them. I know, and I actually just um, I kind of let them take it and and run with it because it was all their ideas and uh, took a back seat on it. But they did. I'm just really proud of it and the way that it's turned out. And you know, we'll we'll see about uh What's, what's going to happen with the next season. Okay, so we haven't watched much of it. Do they ever cover any UFC fights on that? Nope, it's <sighs> it's a strictly football show. Oh. Um, only running during football season. But, you know, we're, we're always talking about ways to expand it, and we'll we'll have to see. Uh, we're putting uh, in our vote for that. Next, yeah. next, next year, if we're going to expand it to, you know, broader sports. and. I was just thinking, man, if you did cover other sports, you know, the Anderson Silva's comeback, which... When I was young and started to follow UFC, there was like, it was a big deal. Like, it's UFC, it's like once every six months or yeah, something. Now it's yeah, weekend. now it's like every weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, well, did you have to, you had to rent it from Blockbuster, right? On, yeah, on VHS? Much, yeah. Or yeah. watch it live on Saturday or, or something. Right. <laughs> or go, yeah, I mean, you had to like do a pay-per-view or something yeah. you know, at some point too. And now We were never allowed to do pay-per-view, so I always... I was always a couple months behind and yeah. had to watch it on on VHS. Yeah, that's what I saw it on VHS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you guys are fans of it and you haven't seen the old, you know, UFC one or UFC two, go find it and watch it. It's in comparison to now, it's it's uh, it, I can't even explain the difference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I've been a martial artist since <laughs> high school. So yeah, we, we started watching it from the very beginning. So yeah, kind of like yeah, one person that's a sumo guy and another guy is like a karate guy. <laughs> I, it was it was just it was a step above WWF. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I mean, they didn't have people cross training in multiple disciplines. No. You know, I mean, <laughs> with weight classes and and you know, like a 
who knows how many pages list of rules to memorize, you know? That's right. <laughs> I think it's actually, it was actually more like Street Fighter than yeah. WWF. That's, that's the, I think Street Fighter is the better yeah, comparison. Yeah, probably good. <laughs> now it's good. Because they could hit the growing tube back then. Even. Yeah, they could. Yeah, now <laughs> they stop it, you know, if, if someone oh. taps the groin. I know. Yeah, all these things you have to do when you become official, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, I'm kind of glad. But um, it's safer. It, yeah, it's I safer. you know I, I feel I feel better about myself watching it. <laughs> you know, so I, I can I can defend myself a little bit better now when I tell people, oh yeah, I love it because you wouldn't believe. You know, everybody just, thought it was so terrible. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, now it's mainstream. If you're a woman and you like it, people think there's and other women fighters. There so, are. Oh, don't even get me started. Yep. I'm still. She doesn't like. I don't like Ronda. Really? I don't like Ronda Rousey. I'm still just so. What about Gina? Over, I'm depressed over the Cats and Gano Ronda Rousey. Oh, now. That's, yeah. That oh, I can't even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> but you know they're they're trying to they're getting more women. So that's they're expanding. They're getting more weight classes. They're they're cultivating more women fighters so i think that's going to be good for this yeah well we will we will we will take that note and we will think yes. about that for next and time. and yes. be sure that one of the co-hosts is a goat is it uh, absolutely absolutely that would be awesome uh, <laughs> so uh so, i know he's thinking about it man. i'm i'm, I'm writing these down yeah. so what are some of the other shows that you guys you guys have done We've been actually doing a lot more in the branded space and doing a lot of commercial production and, and producing for for brands, which has been a great time, uh, mostly because they pay us. So that that's good. Uh, <laughs> what an what an amazing concept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, like we've had we've had some great great gigs that have, have come up in the last couple of years and that's kind of keeping us busy on 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 the other side. So we have to now balance our um, our branded side of you know producing shows and commercials for others uh, and then doing our own original shows so we have we have a couple different shows that i can't really tell you about right now that we're working on and developing but and we're working with um we have this uh, hotel chain a couple hotel chains that we work with that we're uh, going back to shoot uh, about three or four more episodes with uh a couple of famous uh, viners, um, and we're flying out to Mexico to shoot that in um, in about two weeks now, right after oh, uh, right. I- IAW. So we're we're really in the middle of that, and just super super excited about it because it's going to be not only is it a great time, and we get to go shoot on a beautiful resort, but uh, we, we, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna work with some interesting people as well. It's amazing how these viners have grown, how vines grow. Yeah, I I mean. I would never have thought it, to be honest. So, people tell us, you know, it's great that you can tell a story in two to three minutes, or you know, four to five minutes with some of your shows. But these guys really tell uh, stories in six seconds, and it's <laughs> it, it's just it's baffling to me. It's just some of the stuff they're just you have to be so much more creative almost to get it down to that, and you can produce a lot more because <laughs> <laughs> you have you have a lot more volume that you can put out. So uh, they're awesome. And then they these guys that we're going to be working with produce a lot more. Uh, they do like YouTube and uh, Instagram videos and things like that as well. So not just you know the six seconds, but um, above and beyond as well. 
Cool. See, I think the rig, the typical like half hour sitcom is short. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, it's not even a full thirty minutes. It's like twenty, like twenty two minutes. That's kind of short. Yeah, you, you like the three and a half hour epics, right? <laughs> yeah, that's your much, yeah. that's your standard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can wa- I can binge watch like you know, uh, go a while without seeing it, and then, you know, like an hour long drama, watch a couple episodes. You know, that's right. Of course, I've sat down and read like a. 300 page book in a day too. So <laughs> if it's really good, it catches your attention. That's, that's right. I actually just recently read, uh, because I'm going to watch this, this, the mini series, man in the high castle. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Have, have you guys seen a read or seen the, um, the pilots for the good. Amazon? Is it good? Mm-hmm. We saw the pilot. It is so good. Yeah, That's it's gonna, awesome. It's going to be a I'm, good show, I think. Yeah. See, you do the opposite of me. I watch it before I read it because if I read something first, I I never the whatever I watch never measures up. Really? Like, yeah. So yeah. like I I want to read The Hunger Games, but I'm waiting until I watch all the movies because I okay. know if I read it and then I go watch it, I am not going to like it nearly as much as reading it. That's because your imagination is just so much better, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> you always have to leave stuff out, you know, because of time and, and everything. And, and it seems to me like they always leave out the stuff I like the best. <laughs> and everything. Absolutely. That happened in Jurassic Park. I watched that oh, whole yeah. movie, and I was amazed at the dinosaurs. I mean, that was just – it blew me away. But at the same time, I kept waiting going – Okay, seriously, like I'm looking for the pterodactyl and then the river scene with the tyrannosaurus with them on the river. And I I just where is it? <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for yeah, the anticipation. Uh it's it's different for me. Um it, and it really depends on what the property is. Like for Hunger Games I probably won't read because I'm just so enthralled in the world they've already created, but yeah. for you know, it, it really depends on on who it is and what the what the property is. For me, once I know like the essence of a story, yeah, I don't necessarily want to go back and, and then read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Like if I if I've seen it, because then it, it kind of clouds my judgment a little bit on on that side. Mm-hmm. But for a world like this, um, and and if you're not familiar, Man in the High Castle is is the alternate history of if um, the Axis powers won World War Two, and I just. You know, for me, I have my version of that, and I just really—that's such a big world that I just need to see how somebody else has kind of imagined it and created it. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. If everybody read it, watch it, it's it's really thought provoking, and it's really—I mean, you're you're not going to be bored for anything watching this. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So don't so don't watch Ambient. Watch Man in the High. (laughs) No, watch Ambient. Ambient first, then uh, warm up with Ambient. Yeah, Yeah, Ambient, it's online, go watch it, and, you know, get that out of your system, then watch that. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) You know, and the series got greenlit, but it's not out yet, just the pilot, so, you know, might as well wait. So, so whet your creative appetite (laughs) on Forge Apollo. There we go. That's really? it's it's all going towards that. And, and um, get your your mental stimulation, and then your brain will be so primed to enjoy the other. That's thing. right. <laughs> how how did I do? Sure. Did I do all right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you know when we have web series people on, 
Whatever, we have web series Whatever people on? occupation it would be, we usually ask <laughs> if they can give some tips for their occupation, for example. So, because we have web series <laughs> creators listening. Is there any kind of tips, advice you might give? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Go! <laughs> In alphabetical order. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you about how to create your show because every show is different and every right now the the space is just evolving so fast um you know if i would go back and do ambient now i would probably have waited and got more money and actually made it into a film but that's just now because we know the way that the space evolved we know everything is just a little more refined and the space is going to continue to evolve but just really look at like what you're what the core is of your show, whether it's scripted or whether it's, you know, something completely different or hosted, look at that and let that and, and what the essence and what the story is of, of your series and, and of your show kind of lead, lead you to, uh, to everything about it of how much, you know, money, if any, do you want to spend on it? What props, what, um, cameras, what, like, what do you actually need? And just, you know, kind of start backwards, start with like what, what the show is and, and don't worry about all the minutia of getting from one place to the other. But then on the other side of that, watch a lot of shows online, follow, follow people that you admire and figure out what, what they're doing right, what maybe they're, that they're doing wrong and um, find a place that's you and not trying to necessarily be somebody else. And what's the future for, George Apollo, what, what plans do you have? That you can tell us. That you can tell us. <laughs> projects you have in the works. We actually shot, not too long ago, we shot our first uh, feature film, which is, I can tell you the name, but I can't tell you much about it, but it's uh, it's called Diary of a Psychopath. And it's uh, <laughs> well, you, can guess. <laughs> you can guess a little bit about what, what it's about. But It's about uh, Mother Teresa, right? Oh, that's I'm r- wrong. That's right, absolutely. All right, yeah. <laughs> No, it's 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 actually a really fun fun film, and I'd love to to tell you guys a little bit more about it. But um, we are still working in post on it, and we're hoping that we can get it out and done uh, by the end of summer uh, of of this year. We shot it last, I believe, last May. Now uh, it's it's coming up on a year uh, since we actually shot it, and we're just you know, if you've ever shot a feature or anything <laughs> over over about twenty minutes, you you know how long some time it takes to. Uh, to complete projects, especially ones that need some graphics and, and a lot of like sound design and, 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 um, you know, need to be filled out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on, on that and we're continuing to run as a uh, digital content studio for companies and for other agencies and, um, creating just branded content and other digital series for, you know, with, with brands as partnerships and, and then we have one other show that should be coming out here pretty soon that that uh, I'm really, really excited about. Um, the first episode is actually fully done. It's called Cubicle Zombies. It's our first animation that we've ever made. And oh. it's, really, it's really cool. And if you guys want to go on our, our YouTube.com slash Forge Apollo, you can see the trailer for it. Uh, it's, it's just a, a quick teaser, but uh, we're hoping that soon we'll be able to get the... Uh, the first episode out. 
Okay, I love that title because I've worked in cubicle land and you can actually feel your life and your soul drain out of you to the point that someone would have to pump life back into your body for you to even become a zombie. So I think that's awesome. There you go. <laughs> you can yeah, tell I, mean, I, we, I wasn't we love happy play about on the that word. job. <laughs> I, I, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bitter. But it's it's a really fun show, and w- the animation is awesome. So we're we're at, there's some actually potential big things that are happening with it right now. So we've been kind of delaying uh, putting it out, but hopefully next time that we're back on the show, we'll be able to uh, talk a little bit more about that one. Very cool, cool. it's exciting. You kind of mentioned in there, but just again, uh, before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and your shows online? Yeah, you can find uh, everything about Forge Apollo at forgeapollo.com. Or you can just start streaming and watching everything on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Forge Apollo. Cool. Thanks for having me on again, guys. And again, Ryan says um, uh, hello. And he, he unfortunately will not be at IAWTV's awards, but you'll be able to meet the cast of Blitz is all going to be there and one of our other producers, uh, Stacy. So I can't wait to, uh, okay, well, to meet you guys, see you guys in person. Yeah. 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 Look for us there. All right, guys. Uh, I look forward to it. Thanks again. Hi, this is Robert Grant, author of Writing the Science Fiction Film, and you're listening to Genretainment. Well, thanks again, Gabe, for the fun interview, and we look forward to seeing how much more Forge Apollo grows when we have you on the show again. Coming up on our next episodes, we will be speaking with professional actor Michael Laskin, talking about his 35 years working in film, television, theater, and voiceovers. He's also the author of the new book, The Authentic Actor, The Art and Business of Being Yourself. And we'll also be speaking to the writer and director of the science fiction film Parallels. And we have more web series fun coming up with our interview with Britton Valenti, the creator of sci-fi web series Interrogation. Also, before we go, we want to remind you that you can keep track of us on our Genretainment Facebook page, Marx's Twitter account, which is at Mr. Marx, our website at genretainment.com, or all of the shows at sci-fipulseradio.com. So that's it for today's Genretainment. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until, Until next time. time. Monkey.